0: I knew when I first started my podcast that I wanted to have Jenny Lakeman on the show because I heard her say something about <laughs> she loved or was passionate about systems. And I thought, okay, anyone that's passionate about systems needs to be on here to share her mindset about it. And it was really good. We talk on this episode about our mindset shifts and how she looks at it in a creative way. And she gives us some great shortcuts and ideas when it comes to creating systems and documenting them in your business. So you won't want to miss this. And if you don't know, Jenny Lakeman is the go-to web designer for life coaches, her websites are absolutely stunning. You'll want to get in our email list because she sends out emails with links to the new websites that are just out and I love looking at them. They're always so beautiful. But she also sends super useful information like YouTube videos and articles. She's very generous with helping coaches. Enjoy this conversation with Jenny Lakeman around systems. <laughs> Are you ready to work less, feel more organized and productive, streamline repetitive tasks, and implement systems that allow your coaching business to run smoothly even without you? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Organized Coach Podcast, your go-to source for practical tips and solutions. I'm your host, Tracy Hoth, professional organizer, certified life coach, simplifying expert, and most of all, down-to-earth fellow coach just like you. No matter if you think you're missing the organizing gene, have ADHD, or just love anything organizing, I'm here to help you become an organized coach with a business that works for you. Pull up a seat and let's get started. This is gonna be such a good conversation about systems. Like I've not seen anyone get as excited about systems (laughs) as when I heard Jenny Lakeman talk about it. So I have her as my guest today, and I'm so excited to have you, Jenny. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Jenny Lakenin, and really, me in a
1: nutshell is I'm sort of just the go-to web designer for life coaches that want to look amazing online. They want them to have an amazing online presence, and they want it to be a really powerful tool for them. They want their website to be a really powerful tool for to, to reduce friction and and to make them look really credible and, and, you know, professional in in whatever way that that is for them.
0: Yes. And your websites are amazing. I'm on your email list. So every Wednesday I'm like, is she have a new one? And I always click through, <laughs> look at it. Cause they're so beautiful and it's kind of fun. Cause Jenny lives in Kansas city near me. So we got together and met in person. So any other um, Kansas city life coaches reach out to me? we we should have a meetup that'd be so fun we should
1: I know there are more than a handful of us here so we should do a meetup sometime
0: (laughs) yes okay let's start by just talking about like defining some terms so systems I hear sometimes people say processes definitely hear standard operating procedures or SOPs so what's kind of your thought on those terms
1: There are definitely nuances to the definitions if you really like go deep into the Googles, right? The way that I define a process is simply a set of step-by-step instructions on how to do a certain task. Like that that's how I define it. It gives a standard way to do something. It makes sure everyone that's involved, you know, whether it's just you or if you have a team, it makes sure that you all are doing the task the same way. And even that just if it's just you, that you're doing the task the same way from time to time because then if you aren't, then there's inconsistency there for your clients. So um, yeah, that's how I define it. And then I use systems and processes sort of interchangeably. I know some people would refer to processes as the step-by-step instructions, like I just said. And then the system is like how all of the processes connect together. Okay. Um, I mean, you could kind of look at it different ways. And then SOP or standard operating procedure, again, some people define that as the as the step, step step-by-step instructions. And then the process is the overall view of all the SOPs. Like, I don't think it really matters though, for our, the purposes of our conversation. I think that for the purposes of simplicity, I usually just stick with calling it a process for that set of instructions.
0: Okay. So if we say any of those, we're talking about the same thing on this episode. (laughs) just to clarify that in case I say something different, I'm talking about it all the same for today. One thing I notice that when I talk to people, coaches is that they don't think they have any processes or systems at all. They're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I just kind of wing it. I just go through, you know, I don't have any. And what I find is it's absolutely not true. They may not have it documented, but if I ask them, okay, how do you do this? They'll tell me, well, I, you know, I have to open that. And then I go in there and then I do this. And so I could document it right there with them. And now they have a documented system. But even for me, when you said, well, you have to do it consistently too. I'm like, Ooh, like uh, as I'm doing my podcast and I'm developing a process for doing it, I'm noticing that I'm not doing it the same every time. And I'm like, okay, I got to get this. I want to be able to do it step-by-step and follow the steps. But I notice for myself, I'm like, woohoo, or I get interrupted or I do that and I don't come back to it or I do it differently this time or I'm trying something. And I think that's a gradual process too, like figuring it out. What are what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that you've got to do it a few times without really bothering to document it or document. And by document, we just mean like write it down somewhere, right? Like how, right. I, how you did it. <laughs> I think that doing it a few times, at least like I actually was just doing it this morning. I I still edit all of my own social videos because <laughs> I've just started posting them more consistently in the last like six months. Um, I still edit all of them myself and I'm sitting there like doing a little editing on CapCut on my phone. And I'm like, I really need to document this so I can have my assistant do it, you know, or somebody else do it. But I'm still figuring out how I want it done. Right. Like I'm still kind of trying different things and tweaking and there's a balance to be found there. Right. Like you don't want to document too early because then you risk kind of like having to really edit that documentation a lot later.
0: (laughs) Right. Right.
1: And so that's why I haven't documented it yet. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is probably going to change as I kind of optimize it. But then you want to get to a point where, yeah, you can write it down so that a you could hand it off or delegate it, and or b the next time you do it, it massively reduces your brain power because you can just look at the the process and not have to remember and recall every time how to do it and it makes it faster for you to do it too. I think that's like the hidden benefit of processes even if it's just for your business, like you're a solo partner is that it's incredibly, we don't realize how exhausting it is to have to like recall information and figure out how to do the thing that we haven't touched in a month. Like how do wait? how do I edit my homepage again? Like how do I, you know, log into my website? Like the time and effort to recall that information is exhausting. And so having it written down somewhere, even if it's just a simple, you know, one, two, three, four, five bulleted list. It can really save you a lot of energy and time.
0: Yes. And as I start to write things down in lists, I mean, I'm just doing it in a Google doc and I love using the little square (laughs) instead of a bullet. It makes a little square that just makes me so happy because then you can put a little check mark in it. If you ever were to, or wanted to, you know, print that out or laminate or have it, where you could actually check things off as you go, or you could do it on mine too, just pull it up. So something you said, make me think about this, because this is what I find. You know, let's say I do a webinar and I have to <laughs> create all these things, but then I don't do it again for another two months. And then I kind of forget how to do it. Or one time I made a video of me doing it, but then, you know, it was so long until I had to do it again that I don't even know where that video was. And like when we we were talking about, we do something several times before we document it. In that case, I'm like, what do you do for that? Because I don't do it often enough to even remember what I did or to practice doing it.
1: That's a good question. I would just say like, how painful is it to have to remember to do it the next time if it's not that painful? And you're like, eh, I'll just figure it out. I know some people that are that way. They don't like, they don't care to document even much because they don't mind just having to figure it out the next time, then cool. Like don't document it like if that works for you. But if you're getting around to and you know that like tech and figuring out stuff like webinars and you know that's super painful for you to have to figure out how to do again, then document it the first time you do it, even if the second time is going to be kind of different. And so you may need to like adjust that process. But just having something to start with is going to save you a lot of pain later then like do it the first time, document it the first time. And even if it's just like a a screen share video where you're kind of like just talking to yourself, reminding yourself like, well, remember step one was that we did this page. And then the step two was the thank you page. And then this is how you connected them. And then the email
0: autoresponder, you know, whatever it is,
1: it sounds like you'd be doing yourself a future favor, (laughs) uh, your future self a favor. If if that is your personality where you like struggle.
0: That's a really good point is to measure how much brain power you are taking up by doing that, like you had said earlier, and by how hard it is to figure it out again the next time. The Mm -hmm. other thing I've done in that instance is because I can't remember how to do it, I'll do a Google search and then the same video, I'll go, oh yeah, that's the guy I watched last time. (laughs) And so I started saving the link to that in my bookmarks bar, which I had a video or a podcast come out about organizing your bookmarks bar, but that's been super helpful. Even having, so I don't have to record the process he's telling me, but have that video there for me to watch, which is what you do for your clients. I'm guessing is you have a lot of instructional how-to videos, so they don't have to make their own process, but they have you having done it for them.
1: Yeah. I have a YouTube channel that's got a lot of tutorials on it and also um on our on my clients websites after we launch them i always install like a set of video tutorials on the back end so that they can learn how to edit the site themselves and know how wordpress works and all of that and really empower them to do that um but you bring up a really great point that like it especially when you're a solopreneur if you don't have a team like a lot of the processes that you create aren't necessarily going to be ones that you have to record <laughs> If you're doing a video version, like you can save tutorials that you find and then maybe just, you know, you can link it in a Google Doc and then just notate below the video link like, oh, and this is what I had to do differently to make it work for me. And then that yeah. saves you the time of having to make your own process, your own SOP.
0: Why do you think, first of all, you're so passionate about processes?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a really good question.
0: And and people ask me too. They're like, why do you, because
1: this, this it's not really what I do, right? I do web design, which... which has some overlap with systems and processes in business, right? But I love processes because I just see it as like this thing that reduces so much friction and makes life so much easier and saves you time and energy. And I'm a business owner, but I'm also a mom. Like I have three little kids and a marriage and, you know, these other things in my life that I want to like carve out time for and creating systems and being able to like hand them off to my team or if I'm the one doing the task, being able to just like make it really quick and effortless for me to get it done, like it just means that there's more time for my family. There's more time for myself and my own self-care. There's more time to like connect with my clients and, you know, get in Facebook groups that I hang out in where like a lot of my ideal client hangs out and like provide value there. It just, it makes it so much easier to do all of those things. So anytime that I've <laughs> I feel like I'm like hacking life. <laughs> like anytime I can make like a an automation that like does something and connects with one of my systems and just reduces friction. I'm just like, ooh goody. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that that's just gonna make my life so much easier, you know? And I just get this such a jolt of like dopamine.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what I think we need to do. All of us that aren't as excited about it, we need to remember the benefit and I mean picture ourselves like a little secret detective. I don't know how You know, I'm picturing this little guy in my mind finding Um, all these solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think part of it just comes down to like, it's the way
1: that I love to create too. Like I was listening to um, one of Jody Moore's latest podcast episodes and she was talking about creativity and like how creativity isn't just about like making art and music, which is like a lot of, you know, what we think of when we hear the word creativity, yes. maybe. But it's also like writing copy is creative work and like graphic design would be creative work and creating processes for me is like such creative work it like fills that cup for me. So I I think that's part of it too, is it's just, it's where I enjoy creating in the world.
0: I love that. And I think so many people think about it like, oh, this is drudgery. But if we just shift our thought to this is creative work, and it Mm -hmm. has such a big benefit for my time for how I want to spend it for my relationships, my business, Mm -hmm. it totally shifts things. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's definitely self coaching work we can do to get us to get more excited about them. And, and also, you know, there are people like you and, and me when it comes to the website portion of it that you can hire if you want to just not have to coach yourself about it, but it is work worth doing, I think.
0: Yeah, well, let's go through. So someone, a coach is sitting out there listening and they're like, I have nothing started. I have nothing documented. I mean, yes, maybe they realize they do have some systems based on, they get things done. So they must have some sort of process they go through. How would you guide them? Or what would you say? How do you do it? I'll just
1: tell you what I do to to make a process.
0: First, I have a video recording tool that I use called
1: Loom and I hit record on Loom and I just start sharing my screen. (laughs) You can also use Zoom to record yourself, just like you in your own little Zoom room all by yourself to share your screen and hit record. And I record a screen share video of me walking through whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever I'm trying to document. Let's say it's how to edit one of my videos for social media. Mm. I just walk through the video. Use as many ums and ahs as I need to. (laughs) To like, I don't try to make it perfect. It's not a, you know, this is just for internal use, right? We're not recording this for anybody else. I just walk through the task doing it. I try to keep the video under like 10 minutes just because it gets kind of cumbersome to rewatch after that, either for you or your team. And the chances are, if it's a longer than like 10 or 15 minute video, it's probably more than one process anyway, or you could split it up. And then when I'm done, I just hit. I hit stop recording and that file, you know, will automatically sort of like save itself either to the Loom like cloud or to the Zoom cloud, you know, so you can reference it. The second thing that I do after I record it is I generate a transcript um, from the video recording. So if you're using Loom, it actually record, it actually like creates a transcript for you. Just so nice. And they even just started using AI to like even outline chapters and stuff. I'm not affiliated with Loom or anything. I just use it all the time. And if you're using Zoom to record yourself though, they have um, add-ons that you can use. I think one is called like Fathom AI to generate a transcript for you as well. So that should never be like something that you have to do manually. Um, Okay, let me
0: stop for just a second. So I I did notice in Loom, which I was so excited that now they're naming, they're titling your videos better, which Mm -hmm. I just saw that the other day and I'm like, Finally, I hate when the video just has some random, I don't know. AI, I don't know how they used to do it, but now I loved how they titled the most recent one I made. And then I did see where the transcripts are in there. So when you said that you use AI to make chapters, is that in Loom or Or is that, do you go into something else?
1: Yeah, so actually Loom as part of that update where now they will auto-generate a title that is based on the transcript, basically. Like they're kind of pulling, oh, this is what we think this video is about and they're naming it. If you look below the video, there's a little chapter section that they're also auto-filling with the basically based on the transcript and they have, you know, (laughs) timestamps. (laughs) So you can remember, oh, halfway through the video, I was talking about how to open Instagram and upload the graphic. And you can just click to that section if you want to. It was was really nice.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Yep. We've got our video and then we've got the transcript that is generated automatically for us using either a Loom or a Zoom add-on if you're using Zoom. And the transcript part is optional, I will say, but it does just make it faster to actually create The next step, which is something that I like to do, is I like to have a written checklist that I create based on whatever I talk through in the video. And the idea is that like the first time a new person is going to be doing this task or if it's been months since you've done it and you just want to refresh yourself, you can watch the whole video again. But after that, like if you're doing this task, you know, once every two weeks or something, you're not going to have to want to rewatch the video every time. That's a hassle. (laughs) So... You create a written, like basically a checklist from the video transcript, and it's basically just like a bullet pointed how-to kind of showing you how to do the thing or talking through how to do it. And I use that checklist and you can just skim that to kind of refresh yourself if you need the next time you need to do the task. Um, Or if someone on your team can watch the video once to train themselves, and then they can just sort of reference the checklist moving forward. And the way that I create that transcript, the checklist, I should say, the way that we used to do it was all manual. (laughs) before transcripts and AI, we would just, like, I would hand it to my assistant and she would watch the video and pause like every 10 seconds and like, create the next crazy? bullet. Yes. Bless yeah. her. Like she spent the first month after I hired her just doing that, like documenting processes. Oh, and she stuck around. I'm so grateful. <laughs> She's still <laughs> with me. But now though, the, I think I'm way easier to, way to do it to create that checklist is to copy the transcript and then paste it into chat gpt and say generate me a bullet point checklist like sop basically based on this transcript this transcript and you can give it a little more instruction that a little more context that'll help it to generate something that's a little bit better like it's still not going to be perfect but the checklist that like chat gpt or father or a, a jasper or whatever the the AI tool is that you're using will create is an, a fast, a much faster starting point than creating the checklist mm-hmm. from scratch <laughs> from the video.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That is. And I was looking at an example of yours where you put the transcript in, is there a limit on the length of the transcript that you can put in?
1: Yeah, there often will be. Um, I don't remember what the ChatGPT used to have like a pretty, I don't know. 3000 word limit or something like that, but I've put in some pretty long blog posts lately and it hasn't hit that limit. So I'm not sure as of today's date, what the, what the Mm -hmm. word limit is, Okay, but yeah, that, that is a factor. And so what I do is I just split up the transcript into multiple chunks. I'll just do it in like a a couple different, um, I'll say here, you know, do part one and I'll paste in half the transcript and then do part two after that.
0: Yeah. Then what's your next step? So you have the, Video. You get the transcript. You make a checklist, so you have a written checklist, mm-hmm. and you have a video.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: yeah. So the next thing to do is to add
1: screenshots. So um, I find that unless a process is really simple, that you're going to want to have a few, at least a few screenshots, kind of embedded in the checklist, like in the appropriate places, um, where that you know screenshot is going to visually show what maybe is a tricky step in the checklist. Just, you know, hey, if you're like it's in click this button, it's in the top right corner. But oh that it's kind of hidden in a drop down. Okay, well let's like hit make the drop down appear and then we'll take a screenshot so that they know that it's hidden. <laughs> like they can, you know, the person that's doing it can find it. Adding screenshots where things might be a little bit hard to follow can be really useful. And then test the process. Mm. So if it's if you're solo printer, you'll just like you know, wait a week and you'll test it yourself. That probably just the next time that you're using it. But if you have a team, have a team member actually use the process to do the work and give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Chances are they're going to see areas where you need more detail, they that you missed a step, and you can edit it. And they can, you know, based on their feedback, basic, basically. And the way that I approach this too is, some people are like, oh, if they if I missed a step, then I have to re-record the video, and it's like a whole thing, and I I don't. I don't typically re record a video unless I massively like messed it up and right. we're changing everything. I usually just tweak the written checklist based on my team's input. And as we move forward too, our, our standard is that like the video is to help train you, but the checklist is the Bible. Mm. Like that is what is the most up-to-date information. And so whatever is in the checklist will always trump. If I show something in a video, that's a little bit different. The checklist is always going to be more up-to-date.
0: Oh, that's a good thing to think about, too.
1: Yes, for sure. And I will say, too, like, I know some companies that prefer not to do video SOPs. They only have the written checklist just because, because of that fact that it's easier to keep updated. But I think video is just such a useful medium for showing how to do things. Like, it just is, you know, if a picture speaks a thousand words, a video is like 50,000 words. And a checklist just can be, if if it's so detailed that... It gives them all the information they need, but it can, that can make it really overwhelming as well to consume. So yeah, keeping the checklist a little more high level and then having the video be the kind of like in the, in the weeds, um, just helps everyone to everyone who learns different ways <laughs> with yes, video, someone that, with written.
0: And that's what I hear people say too, is that they, they hate videos and they only use a checklist or they love the video watching the video because they're very visual. So that combination of the two of them with that that you said to that, the checklist is the final has the final say. Mm -hmm. And I love that you can speed up watching back a video. (laughs) Yes. How did we
1: live before that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We didn't.
0: (laughs) I know that I've kind of played with, and I think it's scribe how that's what you have had written down too, that you, Mm -hmm. have you used that? And what is your thought about those alternative tools?
1: Yeah, ScribeHow, and then the other one is called Tango. Those are, I think those are pretty good alternative tools. And what they do is um, like you click play, but it doesn't record your screen like a Zoom recording or a Loom does. It actually sort of helps you create a process by tracking where you're clicking on the screen and creating screenshots. And written steps around those clicks. And I think they can be really useful. It just depends on your use case. Like I find that for me, when I get into the back end of a website, they don't accurately check where I'm clicking. I think it's just because of the way the website builder works and the way that the those tools overlay this the page. Like they they just can't do it. And so it makes it clunky for me, but I think that if you're using you know if you're not like trying to create s o p s about the back end of a website, like it's just more traditional stuff like here's how to edit a Google doc and like you know do some upload of graphic to my social media or whatever, then they're definitely worth trying out because they take the screenshot for you, they create the written step for you um and that can be really time saving,
0: yeah, I've tried that, and for me, it was a lot. It was overwhelming to go back and edit it because it had mm. so many wrong screenshots or steps. And so maybe it gets better as you use it or you get better at it. But it was just like, oh my gosh, now I'm gonna have to go back and edit. And then there, if there's a step missing, I don't know how to get it in there. So I don't know. I thought it was yeah. hard, but I'm, I'm sure there's people that absolutely love it and it works great. Yep. My other question for you is, where do you think is a good place to start documenting your processes?
1: One of the main benefits of process, right, is so that we can hand off our work eventually. You know, you can hire a VA or you can hire, you know, someone to kind of take some of this off your your shoulders. The place that I actually like to start is actually a little bit more of a, which this falls more into your expertise is a little bit more of like a time audit. This is what I did for myself. When I first started creating SOPs, I literally wrote down everything that I do in the business in a spreadsheet. Like I, you know, everything got a row, emailing clients, designing web pages, uploading Instagram graphics, editing Instagram, like whatever it is. And, you know, obviously like the coaching, you can put that in there too. Like I coach in my business, if you're a coach and do that over the course of like a week or two. And then after you kind of feel like you got, okay, this is like a pretty robust list of everything that I do. I put like, I evaluated each of those things based on sort of three criteria. Am I good at this? Do I like it? And is it profitable when I'm the one doing it? Hmm. So, you know, coaching, if you're a life coach, probably that coaching task for you is going to get all three of those check marks, right? Like it is profitable. Like you're the one that's primarily needs to handle that. You're the only one that can right now. You're good at it and hopefully you like it, right? Yeah. But you know, uploading Instagram graphics, like, well, maybe you're good at it, but you probably don't really like it. And it's probably not profitable when you do it. So that one might only get one check mark. I do that for everything. And then at the end of that exercise, I create processes for the things that have the least amount of check marks first. <laughs> it's not a fun task to do, but it also doesn't have to be super time consuming. And it also I mean this is the CEO work that we're doing, right? Like this is really what builds our confidence in ourselves to run our business and and to be able to delegate things. And when I did this, I think I was working like 40 or 50 hours a week. This was back in 2019 and I have to credit my coach Pete Perry. He was the one that gave me that sort of like little exercise to do. I was like, "Oh, I know I need to hire, but I don't know how and I don't even know what I would give them to do." And which is like something that I'm sure you hear a lot too. I hear that, yeah. And he was like, "Jenny, it's so easy. You just make a list of everything you do and then do the check marks. And then you'll know exactly what to give them. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, I went from working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week to I hired my VA. She helped me document processes that helped me to hire a designer. I mean, within six months, I was working like 25 hours a week. Like that's, that, that is inspiring. Is the, <laughs> that's the before and after you can create for yourself. <laughs> Granted, like, I am a web designer, I'm not coaching, but still there's so much that you do in a coaching business to market, to send emails, to follow up with leads, like that can absolutely be delegated. Even if you're not going from 40, 45 hours to 25 hours, you can still go, you can still decrease your hour load. Even five hours a week would be a beautiful thing for a coach, Mm. I think, to save.
0: Mm -hmm. This is good. It's inspired me. You know how people host boot camps and like week long trainings or whatever. I'm like, we need to host a week long time audit, (laughs) like get everyone to do it. And actually, you know, once it's scheduled and you have someone leading you through it, I think it becomes Mm -hmm. more enjoyable and you've actually set aside time to do it. That would be fun
1: yeah like a like a five-day challenge or something that yes would be, uh-huh like by the end of this you will know exactly what to hand off to the va that you're gonna hire now yeah like, that would be a, a pretty cool uh like result i think yeah. that people might want
0: this was really really good any other closing thoughts or things we didn't cover after you've created your process
1: be intentional about how you store it that way all the All the work that you've just done is um, not, doesn't go to waste. So, you know, having a Google doc for each process that's stored in a folder somewhere in your drive, like it can be as simple as that with the video link and your process list and, you know, any relevant screenshots embedded in it, like not hard to do, but do it, do that work so that the work that you did to create the process doesn't go to waste.
0: Where do you store yours?
1: We actually used to use Google Drive. Um, I had a folder that had all the processes in it. Each process had its own Google Doc. And then we had like a table of contents in a Google spreadsheet. That way we could, you know, we because we had a lot of <laughs> like 75 of them. And so like looking around in the folder was kind of a lot of work. So we had the table of contents that made it easy to find. Um, but then we moved over to Notion and we actually store all of our processes there now. And it's amazing. <laughs> because <laughs> the table of contents in a google spreadsheet you've got to update yourself right like when you add a new process you got to go into the spreadsheet and add the link and whatever and and in uh-huh. notion it just it's a database structure so it automatically updates for you and we love it it's definitely not the easiest tool though like it's not super beginner friendly so you have to kind of like te- be be willing to teach yourself how to use how to use yeah, it.
0: yeah. so don't go out <laughs> if you have no processes Don't go out and learn a new tool for now, just begin. And I know my first podcast episode is about your digital file structure. And one of the five main folders is operations or admin, however you want to call it. And that's where I would put your processes. I would just probably call a folder within that SOPs and keep your master list like a spreadsheet, like you said, and then keep your Google Docs within a folder in that. So you know exactly where it is that runs the back end of your business. And then it's so it's stored in your operations or admin folder. I know some people think, well, Notion's what Jenny uses. So I'm going to go out and use that, but don't do that. (laughs) Jenny used used Notion for the first several hundred
1: thousand dollars and or use Google. Only moved or yeah, use Google Drive for the first several hundred K and then also only moved to Notion after like messing with it for like a year and a half. Moving software should really only be done when you have a really good business reason to do it. Like it's going to save you X amount of time or it's going yeah. to save you money. It's why it took us so long to move to Notion because the, really the only reason why we moved was because we just all loved it so much <laughs> and it was going to make, it was going to boost morale. Like that was kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that was enough, but we, we took a long time to do it because we wanted to make sure. So yeah, you definitely don't need to learn a new tool.
0: How can people find you? Uh,
1: my website is just my name, Jennylakenen.com, but I'm also on Instagram. So you can go hang out with me there at Jenny
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your wisdom, your insight, your answers, and just inspiring me. I feel like you've given me a new view on it or given listeners a new thought process too, (laughs) for all of their processing that they need to do or want to do. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always love talking about processes. Wait, if you're finding this podcast useful, you must check out the Organized Coach Academy. It's my course where I walk you through every step to get your business organized, to get yourself organized, to save money and time, to prepare to hire someone, to do all the things that you want to do in your business with ease. Check that out at simplysquaredaway.com forward slash O-C-A. Also, I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but... I would love it. It's my way of knowing that you're enjoying the podcast. If you leave a written review, I have lots of freebies for you. They're linked in the show notes. You can find them in my bio on Instagram at Tracy Hoth. And until next week, have a beautiful day.